Are you ready for the end of the world? This is Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again. Circle of family, circle of friends, the circle of being. Wake up and be healthy, and therefore wealthy, to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. You're listening to Your Community Spirit, 91.1 FM, WDBX. We're community radio for Southern Illinois here in WDBX. And uh, my name is Treesong. I will be your host today. Uh, we do have a special guest who we have on the line, who we are going to try to see if we can communicate with them through the power of radio. All right, can you hear me out there? I can. I don't know if you can. Yes, I can hear you, too. <laughs> oh, so how's it going? It's going all right. I'm just studying eight hours a day, so I put myself in the, you know, try to pass this big test I've been studying for for the whole month, so. <laughs> yeah, now hold on just one second. I the, the listeners can hear you better than I can right now, so let me... <laughs> yeah, so tell us a little bit about what you're studying there. Oh, I'm studying for this test for uh, renewable energy. It's test. There's only one in the nation. Only, only 1,333 people have passed it since 2002, so we'll see. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. Um, have you been following all this nuclear stuff? Uh, all of what stuff? Nuclear. Uh, no, I haven't. Well, the Japan, Japanese nuclear power plant. Oh, yeah. I, ha- I have friends in California. Um, well, I actually have friends who work at a factory in Tennessee who make handheld um, radiation detectors. Oh, yeah. And they offered you know, anybody in California who wanted to you know, essentially rent one for the month that I was buy it. And um, actually, a friend of mine in California has been posting on a website. I think it's called Radiation Watch. You know, what the because the radiation is actually going up in California, drifting across the ocean. Oh, uh, yeah. I heard about that as a possible concern. I didn't know they were actually getting readings yet. Yeah, they, again, have these handheld radiation detectors. I mean, it's going up slightly. I mean, you know, like three, three points. And I don't know what the high point, you know, when, when it start being a concern. Um, but yeah, the, the radiation is going up in California. They're getting some drift across the ocean. So I don't know how bad it is in Japan. So hmm. they're actually getting drift across the ocean. I mean, it must be really bad over there. Yeah. Yeah, and I was just hearing a story. I haven't looked up the details yet to verify it, but about uh, uh, workers who were going into the, uh, the the radioactive core and pouring water on it to cool it off because that was the only way they had available at the time to cool it off. And, of course, getting exposed to very high doses of radiation in the process. So there's people out there really struggling to keep it under control. Yeah, I mean, they're, from what I understand, I don't think they have yet, but they're planning to um, pump. Well, you know, of course, 
I just come across it on the internet and on the news, so I don't have first-hand knowledge. But the, the last resort will be to pump ocean water on it, which they have unlimited amounts of that. Yeah. But once they do that, they can never use the power plant again because salt causes corrosion, and it'll make it so that the plant is really never be able to operate. They have to really strip it out and rebuild it. So um, I haven't heard that they've actually done the ocean water yet, but so far they've been definitely doing fresh water. So. Yeah. Well, well, we'll be following the news like a lot of the other places follow news out there and keeping them in our thoughts and prayers. Got any other news in your studies? <laughs> no, just um, laughing at all the different videos that are online now about how um, this winter we had a lot of really cold temperature mm -hmm. and how that, of, of course, means that there's no such thing as uh, global warming. So, uh -huh. well, People are still confused about that, eh? Well, the difference between climate change and weather. It's, you know, it can be confusing. Weather is local patterns and climate change is global patterns. So. Yeah, I mean, I can, I can kind of understand the confusion if it's cold outside and people are saying the planet's getting warmer, but it, it's the whole question of thinking global. <laughs> well, I mean, part of it is the, the simple fact that you still have the same weather the weather just tends to be a little more extreme as often. Yeah. Let's see. We've actually got a few news articles about that. Yeah, we do. <laughs> All right, so, so did you... Oh, I, found the, I found the radiation website. It's just radiationnetwork.com. It's the home of the national radiation map detecting it. Um, environmental radiation levels across the USA updated at real time every minute. So, um, yeah, definitely worth checking out. So it's only it's only went up three points from um, Wednesday to Thursday. So I don't know how much that actually is. So what is a good level and what's a bad level? I guess we'd have to read more into it, huh? So, all right. Let's get to the news. Okay. Do you want to stay on for the news, then? Sure. Okay. Yeah, let's talk about this one. Uh, boxing it up. <laughs> Majority of Americans still understand global warming, despite the best efforts of Fox. A new Gallup poll shows that 52% of Americans understand that global warming is due to more human activities than natural variation, and only 43% believe the opposite. That's marginally better than last year, which was 50 to 46, barely holding on to a believing in science majority. But it's also way down from 2007, when 61% knew that basic fact. Uh, there have also been some improvements in how, uh, how many people think global warming is exaggerated, 43% uh, of those polls, when it used to be up to 48, but back in 2007, it was 35. So, uh, it's good that people are catching back up again, but I wonder what happened. Why did that, why did they suddenly start believing that, uh, in spite of all the science that had been presented to them, that global warming was a hoax? 
Maybe it's just really bad media. Yeah, you know, it could be. So this guy, Joe Rahm, at the Climate, at climate Progress, a climate organization, uh, he cites a world public opinion poll that found 60% of those who watch Fox News on a daily basis believe that most scientists do not agree that climate change is occurring. And 25% compared uh, who watch CNN uh, believe that, and only 13% who watch public TV or listen to public radio believe that. That's a pretty stark difference, 60% to, to 13%, depending on what news sources you're looking at. I, I think that's got to be having some influence on people's ideas there. Well, obviously it's having a lot of influence because um, the House committee just voted on denying climate change, you know. Well, completely denying climate change. The Republicans in the House Energy Committee actually voted not once, not twice, but three times against amendments recognizing climate change as real. Um, despite the simple fact that the broad scientific consensus is, quote, climate change is happening and human beings are a major reason for it, end quote. And so this, there's an actual bill that... Um, 31 Republicans and 3 Democrats voted in favor of this bill, H.R. 910, and they've received a ton of money from this uh, organization called, uh, well, it's pronounced Coke. Yeah, it's spelled uh, K-O-C-H, but it's pronounced Coke. Yeah, so um, this, this organization has given a total of 343000 $750 to all these people who voted in favor of this. Um, and then, of course, one guy, they gave one guy straight up, one guy, $80,000. So, yeah. yeah. And it's not the first time the committee from uh, Coke went public on their science denial. There's actually, I've got a whole list of different... Um, well, for example, the Energy and Power Subcommittee Chair Ed Whitfield from Kentucky says, Whitfield has questioned climate change in the past, including the aftermath of the release of the so-called climate gate email. And um, he got $9,000 from Coke. That's funny to call it Coke, huh? <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I was watching a clip about this from the, uh, the Rachel Maddow show, and uh, they had, like, the Coca-Cola logo, but it said uh, K-O-C-H. Uh, it was like, you know, Coke classic. <laughs> They're kind of oh, making I'm fun thinking, of those guys. I was thinking more like they got money from Coke as they, <laughs> like, yeah, like they've the, been, the drug. <laughs> as that they've been getting a little side money to be able to, from Coke, <laughs> or, well, who knows the Coke committee where they get their money from? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, basically it's in private. I mean, it's, they have these foundations that they create, these charitable foundations, uh, but then it's it's all the money comes from the Coke Industries and the Coke family. So uh, basically, who knows where they get the money? They get it from their business, presumably. But <laughs> this this is apparently a good investment on their part, though. They spend like you know uh, spend you know relatively small amount, few hundred thousand dollars, and they get to populate the uh, House and Energy Committee with people who agree with them. <laughs> it's a pretty good plan. Pretty good investment, I, I guess. Here's a quote from uh, Representative Kathy McMorris-Rogers, Republican from Washington, quote, 
We believe that Al Gore deserves an F in science and an A in creative writing. <laughs> uh, Whitman Pioneer, um, published in uh, 2009, and Coke gave her uh, $13,500. So. Yeah. This makes me want to revive the idea of having them wear, like, the sports, uh, like the like the NASCAR people do, have, like, all the logos of the corporations that donate to them. If you would like to get this list of um, quotes from all the different um, representatives, you know, our representatives, like here, um, Representative John Simkis, Republican from Illinois, quote, The earth will end only when the God declares it's time to be over. Man will not destroy this earth. This earth will not be destroyed by a flood. There is a theological debate that this is a carbon star planet not too much carbon, end quote. Mm -hmm. This is actually a video on YouTube, and um, Coke uh, gave the, him $30,000. So. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad we, this is an article we got from uh, Grist Magazine, Grist.org, and I'm glad we stumbled upon this, because I, I heard about that guy before, and I heard about his quote, but I didn't know he was, you know, it, it's interesting how you have all these seemingly separate individuals saying these things, and you think, oh, a bunch of people drew their own conclusions. But then you look at the funding, and you say, "Wait a minute! All of these people were funded by the same, uh, the same small handful of uh, foundations fun funded by Coke." And uh, yeah, it really makes it look bad. <laughs> makes you makes you realize why they're saying some of these crazy things. You know, someone gave me eighty thousand dollars. I I'd have to strongly consider what I say. <laughs> now, th this is a harsh statement, uh, Representative Bob Lada. Republican from Ohio said of the American Clean Energy and Security Act of 2009, is what he said, quote, it kind of looks like the Obama administration has declared a war on Ohio and Indiana, end quote. That's pretty harsh. To say that a bill called the American Clean Energy and Security Act is declaring war on your state. Yeah, pretty so, harsh words. Yeah, um, I do have a note here. According to the Rachel Madden show, Coke Industries, Coke Industry Controlled Foundation contributed $24.9 million in funding to the organization of the, quote, climate denial machine, end quote. So. <laughs> yeah, so they've got their bases covered. You know, they're putting some money into representatives, some money into uh, the media. Uh, having a variety of ways to influence the American public and legislative process. Uh, I'm a big fan of uh, participatory democracy, you know, people running their own government, so I thought uh, I thought people might not like to know what's going on in the, the hallowed halls of government these days, where their money is coming from. Well, as, yeah, as long as there's open information that you're saying, you know, we're giving this money to you and we support this, but the problem is, is, you know, it's hard to find all this information. It's not easy to see that, you know, a certain group of people are getting money from a certain organization to support something. Yeah, it's kept kind of secretive, you know. I mean, you can, if you do real, if you do research, obviously, you can figure this stuff out, but they don't, like, Coke doesn't put out a press release saying, you know, guess what, we just bought off the House Energy Committee. <laughs> like, <laughs> here's a list of all the people that we, we funded on the House Energy Committee because we promote this agenda. Well, I think it's really like that. 
So it, it'd be nice if they were that straightforward, but no. Yeah. So are you are you ready for spring? Oh yeah, I'm ready for spring. It's it's nice weather out there. It's beautiful spring weather. I actually think it's almost summer now, isn't it? It's <laughs> spring. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, we're skipping straight to early summer, I think. Yeah, it's, flowers are already popping out. It's I already hear people complaining that it's hot. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, greener pastures. Forget the gloom. New ways of living and organizing our economy are flourishing. The last few days have been kind of gloomy. You know, the vague and dire reports from the nuclear power leading edge in Japan. Um, but And then all the, um, I guess, protests all over the world and the, where they're trying to cut the, the pay for the teachers to balance our budget. Yeah. That's, that's like, let's take the money from our kids to balance our budget. <laughs> that's a funny one. So, how about the people who are trying to uh, feed the world? There's a lot of people are talking about we have to have uh, conventional farming to feed the world, that we can't farm organically to feed the world. That was a report that came out recently. Yeah. But then there's this cool interview with uh, Wendell Berry. He's probably, you know, the industrial agriculture's greatest critic. So he's talking about industrial agriculture. Berry said, quote, You can't be a critic by simply being a griper and collecting instances of things that seem to demand griping about. One has also to be a proper critic to search out the examples of good work, good land use, and of simple goodness that can give you some kind of standard of judgment along with the ecological health that is also an inescapable standard of judgment. So he's basically saying, as grim as the big picture often seems, it's not the whole picture. Yeah, I, I really like that sentiment because, you know, I, it's sometimes depressing if you look at the big picture and you see all these big institutions doing these destructive things, but then if you look around at your, your fellow community members and they're starting to grow their own food or they're starting to buy local food and starting to work together, uh, that's a very good sign, you know. You can't be fooled by nasty stuff going on at the the top of the food chain. <laughs> I mean, we, we you know we've got the big oil still happening. We've got the nuclear going, but we have got the simple fact that renewable energy is going in at an unprecedented rate. Yeah, it's 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 reached the point at utility scale that it's cheaper and more easily put in to do renewable energy than it is to do coal or nuclear. I mean, I don't think in the U.S. we'll ever be able to put in more nuclear just for the simple fact that it costs way too much. Yeah. You know, even though um, in the latest Obama bill there is something like, I forgot now, something like $64 billion in loan guarantees to the nuclear industry. Hmm. So... But, like you said, locally, lots of good food is being grown. Um, what do you call it, the CSAs? I don't know. I would say there's 
like seven or eight of them have sprung up in the last couple of years in Southern Illinois. Yeah, and that's in Southern Illinois alone. There's this great uh, video that's, uh, if you get our newsletter, we can forward it to you. Uh, it's this video where it shows the C CSAs developing from 1984 to uh, the present, or well, I guess to the year of like, you know, 2005 or so. And it's like you see these little dots appearing over the country here and there slowly, and then it just it, it, it turns huge, and the whole, you know, a huge part of the country is covered by these green little dots where all these community-supported agriculture programs have been created. It's a very inspiring sort of groundswell, grassroots organizing story. Well, I like this, this quote, I mean, not quote, but statistics. Percentage of active farmer's markets started since 2000. 53% of the active farmer's market have started since 2000. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And those of you who know anything about uh, uh, percentages and, and uh, math involved in statistics, if it grows, if every 10 years it grows 50%, that's going to be a huge, uh, we're going to have the whole country uh, buying its food from CSAs uh, within a few decades at that rate. <laughs> and what's, what's really nice about farmer's markets, they've actually got a report here that that 63% of farmer's market shoppers end up having a conversation with another customer versus only 9% of supermarket shoppers. So, hey, you know the, the trend for uh, guys to go to supermarkets to try to pick up girls? <laughs> Have you heard about that? Yeah, I've heard about that. About it recently, that that's like instead of going to a bar, you can go to a shopping market and you can see what someone else likes to eat and, you know, you go eat with them. <laughs> so... It's even more fun probably at the farmer's market. You get to talk to, I love going to the farmer's market, talking to a lot of different people. Yeah, you get to be out in the open air, you get to have all sorts of fresh food. It's yeah. a fun experience. So. But then we're not stuck in boxes all day. <laughs> Let's see. Anything else you want to talk about? Um, I think that covers it for our news that we've got for today. We've still got holidays and happenings to get to. Did you want I wonder to... what's happening about the chicken ordinance in Carbondale. I, I found out you can have three chickens in St. Louis. Maybe, you know, hens, no roosters. Yeah, I haven't heard any news about that lately, though, but we can look into it. I know there is uh, still a group pursuing that, so can, if, if they want to contact us, my email address is treesong at treesong.org. Uh, we'll mention any updates on the issue on the air. If we don't hear from you, we'll go do some investigative journalism and track out, track down the latest news. <laughs> so, did you know that today is Awkward Moments Day? Oh, that, that, that's awkward. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's also National Biodiesel Day. So, and Forgive Mom and Dad Day. <laughs> No wonder it's awkward mom when today. <laughs> yeah, that's an awkward moment. <laughs> yeah, so, what other? Yeah, we've got, uh, Saturday is National Quilting Day. Uh, I've known some quilters, so hopefully they know National Quilting Day is coming up on Saturday. Woohoo, Purim. That's like the Jewish Halloween. It's like the time to dress up and have fun. Mm -hmm. Begins on Saturday at sundown. Yep. And... and uh, the full moon, right? Yeah, we've got the full moon, uh, the worm moon. <laughs> the anniversary of Operation Iraq 
freedom. What is this, like eight years now we've been trying to help them get free? <laughs> yeah. I, I like this. Saturday is the National Day of Oil in Iran. <laughs> National Day of Oil. You know, I guess, I guess you know, different states and countries have their, their state bird or their state, you know, tree and all that. They've yeah. got their state's uh, natural resource, and it's oil. <laughs> All right, yeah, and uh, Sunday is uh, Great American Meat Out Day. Um, it's uh, Kiss Your Fiancé Day. Uh, I know some people who are engaged, so they'll probably kiss their fiancés on Sunday. Uh, what else have we got going on? It's, uh, uh, oh, it's also, I'm wondering if this is related. It's also Proposal Day. I'm wondering if that's as in uh, romantic, you know, let's get married proposals. <laughs> <laughs> it's. Won't you be my neighbor day? So I guess you get to propose that the person move in next to you, huh? <laughs> yeah. And it's Won't You Be My Neighbor Day because it's uh, the birthday of uh, Fred Rogers, uh, known as Mr. Rogers to uh, millions of children, including myself. And today is National Agriculture Day, or Sunday is, excuse me. Yeah. And it's the vernal equinox. Yeah, I'm wondering if that's why it's Agriculture Day. It's the Vernal Equinox. Um, it's also the holiday Ostara. It's uh, it's a day to celebrate the coming of spring. Yeah, that's officially spring. So we're still in winter, everybody, just to let you know. Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> something I'm... Uh, <laughs> well, I, it's funny how, you know, the seasons change and the weather doesn't necessarily change at the exact time of the, you know, the equinox and all that. But I, I'm happy that it's going to officially be spring uh, on Sunday. Nature doesn't listen to the calendar very well, does it? <laughs> no, nature has its own ideas, goes its own way. <laughs> so on Monday, it's um, Memory Day, and it's the Baha, Baha'i, did I get it right? Baha'i yeah. New Year. Yeah. Yep. Um, Monday is UN International Day for the Elimination of Racial Discrimination. And it is the Iranian Persian New Year. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah. All right, let's see if we can get one or two more holidays and get to some of the happenings, because we're almost out of time here. Uh, we've got uh, American Tuesday is American Diabetes Association Alert Day. They to be very aware about uh, diabetes. Um, it's also, on a lighter note, it's International Goof-Off Day on Tuesday, so... As young as you feel, they, <laughs> yeah. Yep, they'd have a good time. National yeah. Puppy Day on Wednesday. Now, who could object to National Puppy Day? <laughs> and uh, Thursday is uh, Houdini Day. It's the birthday of uh, Harry Houdini. It's also World Tuberculosis Day, so I don't know. But Houdini managed to squiggle out of getting per tuberculosis. <laughs> that, was that was almost funny. Almost. <laughs> All right, so some happenings. Uh, how about today, Rice and Spice? Is Rice and Spice going on today? Yeah, today's theme is Irish in honor of, well, St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. Well, you knew that yesterday was Happy Green Day, so... Yeah, I wore green yesterday, believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> I wear green every day. <laughs> and, um... So that's every Friday for at the uh, International Slow Food Dinner. On Sunday, you have Soil Courage. 
Chant and Song Circle every Sunday at 3 p.m. at the Guy Hops Interface Center. Yes. And also we have on Tuesdays uh, Questions of Faith and Reality. Uh, they get together and talk about spiritual and existential questions of life. Uh, it's also over at Guy House Interfaith Center. Oh, on Monday, Monday is an important uh, dialogue coming up, the next Ralph Anderson Interfaith Dialogue. Uh, it's coming up Monday at 7.30 p.m. at the Carbondale Unitarian Fellowship. The topic is Religious Perspectives on the Environmental Future of Our Planets. David Christensen is going to start the discussion with an overview from his recent book on overpopulation. And there will be responses from Christian, Jewish, and Muslim perspectives provided by Father Roger Carbon, Dr. Sam Goldman, and Imam Abdul Haq. Uh, you can contact Ken Starbuck for more information at uh, cubrats at frontier.com, or you can call 942-3986. I also wanted to let you know that next Wednesday, the Deputy Council of Israel will be in Carbondale speaking at the SIUC uh, Student Center Auditorium. And that's next Wednesday at 6.30. And so that should be interesting to hear the Deputy Council of Israel coming from Chicago to talk about the Middle East and Israel. So. Yeah, should be interesting. So I think we've got time for one more happening. Yeah, you want to take this one or should I take this one? <laughs> well, I clicked away from that page, so. Oh, okay, I'll go ahead and do it. It's uh, We Can Be Heroes, Pop Culture is Modern Mythology. Uh, this is actually a course that I'm going to be teaching. Uh, the first session of it, it starts on Tuesday, this coming Tuesday at 7 p.m. at uh, Guy House Interfaith Center. Uh, a lot of people think that myths and legends are these ancient works of fiction that, you know, maybe they don't have any relevance today. But there's actually, mythology is something that's still happening in pop culture. There's all these different narratives of heroes going on their journeys. There's all these archetypes playing out in modern movies. So... This There's a lot of movies and TV shows that are very directly tied into old myths. Yeah, and sometimes it's obvious if somewhere they take an old myth and they re they replay it. But then there's others where they create a whole new modern myth, too. So this course is going to explore all those different options. And uh, so if you want uh, to more information or to register for the course, uh, Michael Fisher is uh, handling registration. Uh, it's 618 Five two nine one one six six, or you can email him at rmichaelfisher at gmail dot com. Uh, and if you would like more information about anything we talked about, we do send out a newsletter every week of the radio show, and you can just email info at yourcommunityspirit.org. Yeah, so you can email me at treesong at treesong dot org. And we'll see you again on the radio next week, right? Yep, we'll see you next week on the radio. Hope you have fun out there enjoying this spring weather.